Welcome, everybody, to the Robert John and the Wreck podcast. We're a five-piece rock and roll band from Orange County, California that travels the world eating local foods, drinking local drinks, and melting faces. I'm Steve. I am Warren. I'm Henry. And this is episode number 116. Robert is uh, not here with us today because he's off doing fatherly duties. Fatherly duties. Duly Robert attained had. fatherly duties. Congratulations, yeah, man. Robert. Congrats, Congratulations, buddy. buddy. And and his lovely wife, Rachel. Congratulations. Wife, Rachel. She did all the hard New work. New mother. Yep. <laughs> New so family. Guys. Yeah. Of three. Little river. Little River Boy. Little River. I knew it was going to be a boy. <laughs> Let's see. I got it here. River James Henley Burrison, 7 pounds, 14 ounces, 21 and a half inches, born at 11.50 a.m. Uh, yesterday. Love one, it. Yeah. January 24th. Hell yeah. We got a new roadie for uh, you Fuck know, yeah. a couple years from now. Bring that kid on tour. <laughs> Teach him to be my guitar tech. Yeah, man. <laughs> also, uh, you're River 30 nicely, pounds. You can lift this amp. You <laughs> waited to uh, uh, come out until after we recorded our two songs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. great so timing. That was pretty cool. Yeah, maybe he'll be a drummer. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Robert's a drummer, so we're all drummers here. We're all dr- yeah, we're all true, except for me. <laughs> Everybody but Steve plays it's- drums. You do not want me behind a kid. <laughs> I mean, djembe, though. Oh, yeah. Maybe not anymore, though. It's been, I haven't played djembe in a long, long time. <clears throat> what? You lose, it, you lose it when it comes to djembe? Yeah, maybe. I don't even know where mine is. I think Hybrid sold it. Wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> they sold a bunch of my mic stands, too, which is how I fit, found out that they were going out of business. Uh, Phil, Phil Allen bought a bunch of mic stands from Hybrid, and they were all initialed with SM on them. He was like, hey, did you have any mic stands at Hybrid? <laughs> like, yeah. He's like, I think I just bought some. You might want to check and see if you have any other gear there that they don't just sell it. <laughs> it was funny. Yes, sir. So speaking of having babies and uh, and recording and all that stuff, War, how was your weekend, man? Well, it was quite the weekend this weekend. Um, uh, we started off by recording some new tracks on Friday at East West Studios in Los Angeles. We got to record in the legendary Studio Two room, which features albums that were tracked there, like Californication by the Red Hot Chili Peppers, the self-titled Audio Slave album, um, a bunch of awesome theme songs from old 70s TV shows. Uh, and there's literally, there's everything has been recorded at East West. I'm only naming just barely things that I can remember, but you guys should check out the website because the rooms are legendary and the room sounded legendary and it was a great session. We got to work with Alex Pasco, who is a five time Grammy award winning engineer. Um, he's worked with, or he's got Grammys on Beck's last album uh, and Adele's albums. And he's worked with like Paul McCartney. So he's super cool. And it was great being up in a studio and, um, you know, something historic like that. So it was fun to, to get up there. And then the next morning I went shooting at a shooting range, which is something that I don't do very often. And, um, that was pretty cool. My buddy has some handguns and we went out to the range or to the indoor range and 
got to shoot some guns, which is, uh, which is a little bit of a thrill. Um, I think I have a pretty good shot. I think I was shooting better than my buddy who brought the guns, but I didn't rub it in his face too much. Um, <laughs> I mean, he is, he is the one with all the guns. <laughs> he has the guns, but uh, I got the aim. And I do remember when we were shooting the, um, the clay, whatever you call them, clay oh, pigeons, yeah, pigeons up in South Dakota, you were like nailing it. You got like, yeah. most of them. I got, I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I should have been a, a shooting guy, like a hunter or a, Marksman. You still could be. Yeah. <laughs> Not too late. You're still young. I could. I'm still <laughs> young. You never know. So that was pretty cool. Um, and then that night, uh, I met up with Steve, and we went to uh, Ghost Note in the Brandon, Brandon Brown Collective in uh, at the Miracle Theater in Inglewood. And that was a great show because uh, Ghost Note features some of the top session musicians on the planet right now and features two members of Toto, uh, Sput the drummer and Xavier, the keyboard player. Um, so it was cool to go up there and see them do their thing. They are absolutely destroying. They are one of the best funk bands around right now. If you have not heard of ghost note, you should definitely check them out. And then, um, the Brandon Brown collective is also an awesome funky band and um, yeah, I'm getting them to play at my wedding. So yeah, it was dude. cool to go see them in person and uh, hear the funky jams because it was awesome. And then what did I do Sunday? I don't remember what I did Sunday, but I, oh, I went and saw some family. I hosted a brunch, made some chilaquiles uh, that turned out very good. And then on Monday, Yesterday, I went and saw Henry and King Tree and the Earth Mothers play opening for the Freaks at our local watering hole, the Wayfair. And as always, uh, Henry, Adam, and Derek destroyed. I think they blew everybody's minds and melted faces. And um, yeah, they are definitely one of my favorite trios of the modern times because you guys totally shred. And... Yeah, fuck. I guess I had a really long weekend because um, that was felt like it took a long time to say all that sort of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, if anybody wants to expand on some of those things, that's that's my weekend. How was your weekend, Steve? It was good. It was good. Uh, the, the session on Friday was was so much fun and really nice to be back in a big studio again. Um, they had, it was the first time in a long time that I haven't had to bring anything, uh, to a studio session. Um, they had a beautiful Yamaha, uh, grand piano in there and a Hammond B3. Um, so I didn't have to load in any gear. I just brought my backpack in out of the car so that it would be safe and not in my car. And, um, yeah, it went great. It was fun just getting to be back playing in a room live the uh everything sounding so fucking good <laughs> it was kept yesterday on on my drive back up here to uh northern california i was just putting them on repeat and i'm just like fuck dude these sounds so thick and juicy um and the rest of the weekend was great i uh saturday i was at um up at spitfire studio with warren hewart um, we're going to, uh, doing another microphone demo for produce like a pro, which I think comes out in a couple days or if not today. Um, and we wrote a new tune. This is like the fifth song that Warden and I have, have written together. 
Um, and it's fun to just be able to write and then immediately have an outlet for it. Um, like on the same day, <laughs> most times. So, um, it was fun. It was that, that was great. And then went and saw ghost note and uh brand Brown collective and, and, um, yeah, there was, uh, that was awesome getting to hang with Warren and Erica and got to go backstage after the show and kind of hang out with the guys a little bit and probably going to go see them again on Thursday here in San Francisco. They're playing. So I'll, uh, catch a little twofer. Um, and yeah, the show was just absolutely phenomenal. And then Sunday played in church. It's my last, uh, last time playing at Arbor road church for the next couple months. And then, uh, drove up here, had dinner with the family and, uh, and then went to bed and I was asleep before like 9 PM on Sunday. It was great. And I stopped by Warren's Merle's and I got to uh, try some of his chilaquiles, which were awesome. Him and him and Erica made chilaquiles that they had a red one and a green one and they were phenomenal. And I was not expecting them to serve <laughs> me food. And I was very happy that they did because most of the time when I come down to Southern California, I'm just back to like gas stations and fast food because I'm sleeping on couches and don't want to get groceries at people's houses. So that was really nice to have like a home cooked meal before I went and drove for seven hours. So thank you guys for that. You're welcome. Yeah. Andrew, how was your weekend, man? It was good. Um, I, so you guys probably already talked about the recording session, right? I was having some technical difficulties, but it was really good. And working with Alex was great. Uh, and he did a great job and being in that studio was, uh, it was cool. It was just like another room. And then it was like a giant space. Like they have five different rooms in there that people are working out of at any given time. And it just felt like a, you know, like a destination, you know, um, we recorded at sunset sound a lot, which is also great. And we love that room, but the studios are kind of separated. So you're not going to run into someone there. There, all the bathrooms are sort of in the same location. So you're constantly like, you know, running into other people there and, I know I saw some uh, people I recognize that I probably don't want to mention, but <laughs> I was like, I know who that guy is. I know who that guy is. Uh, let's just not talk about that or something, you know? But it was cool, and it felt like um, like we worked at a really good pace. I don't think we've ever had to finish two songs in one day before. Usually we track all the rhythm tracking in one day, and that usually ends up happening pretty fast. And then we might do overdubs like another day. And then to do Robert's vocal, we might take like a month of, you know, just so we don't blow his voice out over one day trying to do 10 songs. And um, yeah, to do it in this fashion was really cool. And uh, yeah, it sounds really good. One of my pre-recording rituals is I end up freaking out and buying something that I usually don't need or... Uh, and this is like for tours too, because I go like, do I want to spend this whole tour playing this symbol I don't like or something? And then so last tour, I bought like a whole new set of A customs, and everyone knows I got like a new set of symbols, which is pretty rare for me. I don't buy music stuff. I don't. I don't like sit on reverb all day and like look at music stuff. Um, and so this time I was freaking out and thinking that I should buy a Black Beauty and listening to the first. Uh, Robert John record that was for people who don't know black beauty is a Ludwig snare drum. That's made out of brass. It has like a black, uh, coating on it. And it's basically on almost every recording you've ever heard. A black beauty is like just this standard studio recording drum. That sounds amazing on almost anything. And I've never owned one before. I've always owned a superphonic, which is always made by, or also made by Ludwig also in the same category. It's just a little bit different. 
but it, the superphonic usually doesn't make it on the records for whatever reason. It's usually either uh, our engineer Jeff's like drum or something like that. So I was freaking out, uh, thinking I should buy a snare drum, looking at all these expensive options for things. And uh, they make these snare drums. I, and, I, and then I go through, uh, this is how like neurotic I am. I go through like the East West catalog that you guys were talking about earlier and go, when, what is Brad, what did Brad Wilk use on this audio slave record that sounded so good in this room or something? And it's a uh, Tama Bell Brass snare from the eighties, which is like classically one of the most expensive snare drums that exists <laughs> uh, because they stopped making them after that. And then when they restarted making them, it's from a specific manufacturer of brass. This is when I'm getting into super drum nerd world and you guys see how crazy I am about this stuff, <laughs> but uh, it'll all come around. I promise. I'm here for it. Stick I love it. Me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I look up, you know, just for fun, how much is are these Tama Bell Brass snares going for? And if you can find one, they're going for like two to three thousand dollars, which is ridiculous. It's more than like a high end drum set, right? Just for one drum. And like the only one available was like eight thousand dollars because it had some special like thing with it. So that's pretty much (laughs) out of the, you know, thing. And then I start calling around my friends, seeing if I can borrow one. No one really has one. I have people who have like owned them in the past, but got rid of them. And every time you ask them about them, they're like, Oh yeah, they're great. I love them or something like that. So it's like, don't tell me that, you know, you're just going to make me (laughs) want this thing more. And, um, so I've collected a bunch of snare drums and I went into storage to get all my percussion stuff. Cause sometimes when you go into these bigger studios, they don't have any percussion. And we always like to do at least like a tambourine or a shaker or something. So I wanted to make sure I had those options. So I went to my storage unit. And in my storage unit, I had this uh, old free-floating brass snare drum. that's almost like a, uh, 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 like a cast bell brass snare drum. It's not the exact same thing because I think the metal's a little different. But it's like a nice, loud, cracky brass snare drum with all these like... Uh, I had put like really thick snare wires on it and it has these like really huge hoops. So it's like a little made to be more of a tank than uh, the superphonic is. And uh, we put the, we put the superphonic up, which is the drum I play live. And I wasn't liking how it sounded. And I just brought that other snare just in case to see if, uh, you know, it would make the record. And that's the snare that actually made the record. So it's pretty cool. I found my, you know, bell brass snare or my version of that thing that I already had and just threw it up and it worked better than, a, you know, uh, my classic snare. So that was pretty cool. And that's how crazy I get before recording sessions that I just go and spend $2,000 on something that, <laughs> you know, half the time I spent the money. Uh, and then uh, for Shine a Light, I bought, I, I don't know if it was Shine a Light or the record before that, Take Me Higher or uh, uh, Last Light, Last Light. But I bought this Noble and Cooley snare, which is like this really nice snare drum that I put on for one song. And it was like relatively expensive. And I was like, I hate this. (laughs) And even Jeff was like, it doesn't sound good. We should switch to something else. (laughs) And I was like, great. I just spent all this money on this thing for no reason. Uh, Anyway, so it comes back to bite me in the ass sometimes. But yeah. And then uh, as another thing, we went and saw Rach right before she had the baby on Saturday night uh, and played poker with like a couple friends at Robert's house. So we got to see them right before the baby was born. Their new place looks really nice. It's ready for a baby. So, you know, that baby's going to be taken care of. 
Henry, how was your weekend? It was uh, really, really good. Um, probably one of the best weekends I've had in a long time. Um, the East-West session was totally insane. I'm still kind of pinching myself. And um, I think those are probably the best guitar tones I've ever gotten on a recording. Um, I got to use four different guitars, but for the bulk of it, I used uh, my Firebird and my SG, which are my two favorites. Um, and uh, man, I just I just had this rig that was like so crazy sounding. Um, my buddy Tristan LeBeau, who is the guitar player in uh, Balto, the, our, our buddy's Balto, um, actually let me borrow an amp of his, uh, which is made by this company called Divided by 13. And um, it's basically sort of a Marshall sounding type of circuit. Um, and I blended that with this amp called an ugly amp that I have, which is also uh, kind of martially sounding. They have that kind of British mid-rangey thing. And now I'm going to get into guitar player nerd world <laughs> talking about all this stuff. Um, Do it. And I was Do running it. both of those through this crazy, you know, both heads at the same time through two separate cabs. And it was super loud and super crazy sounding. And I turned both amps, you know, up to like six, which is about all I needed to do um, just to kind of get them in the ballpark um, and still be able to kind of utilize some of the pedals I brought. And then uh, Tri my buddy Tristan also let me borrow uh, a few pedals of his, which are modeled after some old school uh, treble boosters. Uh, back in the day, if you don't know about this, back in the day, guitar players, uh, when they wanted to get more gain out of their amps for maybe a solo break or something like that, they would utilize uh, a treble booster, which was basically a circuit to basically sort of boost the signal going into their amp and um, basically used a few of those on the recording. So it was super, super cool, super juicy, saturated sounding. Um, just went for like, it was just like rock tone heaven, basically. Just Gibsons through double marshall pretty much and uh i think it came out really really awesome um and i'm i <laughs> interestingly enough i didn't even really look at what mike <laughs> was using on the amps um but it seemed to be a couple uh large diaphragm condensers maybe one of them was a ribbon mic i'm not really sure um but it was it was not a it was not a 57 I, uh, interestingly enough, I did see what they used on Robert's mic, and they did use a Royer uh, R121 ribbon mic on Robert's amp, which was a which is a Morgan uh, AC15. It's modeled after a Vox AC15, um, and we got that dialed in. That sounded great too. They used a um, U87 on your divided by 13 amp. I have a picture. Oh, of okay, it. cool. Yeah, great. <laughs> so and big there fatty was, uh, tube. A U87 on that one, and then there was some red mic. I believe it was some sort of a red something or rather. I don't know what, what yeah, kind of what mic it, it was. Um, on the, I utilized my, my Blackstar <laughs> cab for my Blackstar combo, and I've modified it. Put a, I put an English Celestian Greenback speaker, which is sort of the standard uh, Marshall speaker, basically, that comes in all those amps. Um, most of the time they're made in China, but this one's made in England, so it's a little bit more expensive, but they they definitely sound pretty substantially better, in my opinion. Um, and yeah, I mean, it just sounded 
it was just glorious. And even for one of the solo takes, we opened the, you know, ISO booth up. And so I got to hear all the crazy room resonance of the room, just like vibrating basically with how loud this rig was and getting some natural feedback and things like that. And, um, it's just awesome. Um, and I, and not only that, I'm really hyped on the songs. Uh, we went in kind of a heavier direction, um, which I've been kind of <laughs> kind of trying to prod us <laughs> to do in a while and finally uh got a little taste of that um so i'm really jazzed on these really jazzed on how they're sounding uh just everything across the board felt really good to me and obviously working with alex was a huge privilege and a huge honor and getting to play in that room was a huge privilege and a huge honor and and yeah um i mean friday was was insane and then sunday i spent all day um kind of woodshedding with Adam and Derek uh, for last night um, and just really kind of getting the set dialed in like we've never had it dialed in before. And um, and then, you know, last night we played with the Freaks and I'm totally jazzed on how that went. Uh, it was a great night and I think all the guys, you know, played great and I don't think we've sounded better and um, I didn't forget as many lyrics as I usually do, which was awesome. And <laughs> um we had uh, the the coolest thing about it was i i looked out and and that room at the wayfair was like pretty full for a monday like like usually on mondays it's pretty slow over there and i've gone there a few mondays and it hasn't been that full and it was like all friends all people that i know that i've met over the last you know seven eight years or so basically and uh just knowing that they were all there to see my band do it um was just pretty uh inspiring and humbling and really really cool and um just to kind of get that kind of an audience for my passion project and get to sort of do my thing uh with Derek and Adam who were just you know slaying it last night and uh really you know really just it was just a next level weekend all across the board basically the tunes we did on Friday were next level and I feel like the show I did last night was super next level and i had a great time and uh man one for the books absolutely it was a good one uh yeah. really really enjoyed it and uh you know i figure since we're talking about things i enjoy might as well <laughs> talk about some music today get it and uh i figure what better way than with a little ditty um today is january 5th or january 25th sorry january 25th I'm a little brain fried. January 25th today <laughs> is the day. And uh, that means it is Etta James' birthday. And nice. so I would like to play a little homage to her. Um, this is a track that was recorded in 1967 at the Fame Studios in Muscle Shoals, Alabama, with the famous Muscle Shoals band slash rhythm section and all that whole legendary crew of session musicians uh, out of Alabama that just made all these amazing records back in the day. They worked with uh, tons of amazing singers and musicians, uh, Wilson Pickett, Aretha Franklin, you know, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, even Leonard Skinner, they recorded with Leonard Skinner uh, for their first couple of songs or their, their, their first record basically that didn't get released until uh, the, that horrible plane crash. Um, but anyway, so this is this features that amazing band and uh, Etta James singing, and this was kind of a uh, revival record for her because she hadn't had any hit songs um, in a couple of years, so she was kind of 
trying to get some hits out of this record and luckily uh it worked out she got two great hits out of this record and uh the record is called tell mama and it features this song of the same title as well as i'd rather go blind which uh you know everyone and their grandma knows that song it's obviously a huge you know even to this day huge hugely uh popular and successful and powerful song um, but this is great. I love this. It's it's kind of moving in that funk direction, and you know it has that iconic muscle shoal sound. So, happy birthday to Etta James at the Great Gig in the Sky, and I hope you enjoy this little number. You. other more classic vocal sound than that overdriven super reverb yeah. out like it's uh, so good so good, <laughs> so <dude>. good. <sighs> just and i mean obviously her voice is totally killing too so i mean it's just it's almost the perfect right place right time sort of just like i don't know It just sounds, her voice is so amazing. You could probably put anything in front of her, but when you make it like, you know, that old warm studio gear, Mm -hmm. I'm sure everything was run through a tube. You just like, you can like wrap yourself up in it. It's like a blanket. Yeah. (laughs) It sounds like a, exactly. It sounds like a gold, like velvet blanket. Just like, uh, so good. 
Yeah. And it's scene. funny because like like her vocal, you can hear the reverb. It's like so deep I love and that present. sound. That's and then such everything a great sound. It's great. And then everything else is very like dry. Mm-hmm. Like the drums are very yeah. <laughs> right up front and like dry. And it's like, yeah. oh, we only we only had one reverb tank, so we just put it on the vocal. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That splash is just like, oh, man, it's the best. Yeah, it is the best. So good. And those Muscle Shoals guys just playing their ass off. With yeah. That pocket, just so, uh, it's the, the best. It's the old school shit. So good. Yeah. It's as good as would, it gets. I would love to go there. If we ever get close again, I'm sure we will. We did but get close, but we, we didn't get stop. close enough. I feel like we had never have the too much time anyway, but. No. Always Legendary. <laughs> we'll book it. when i heard it's just a little shack like it's just a tiny little spot yeah yeah we'll take uh, our helicopter and like the rolling stones <laughs> i don't know i i think i'm gonna avoid any sort of flying in the southern regions based off what it has done to southern rock bands just drive everywhere yeah just driving <laughs> we, we get hit by a tornado <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, we know how that ends. You just end up in the Wizard of Oz's area, and you're good to go. Oz. (laughs) The Wizard of Oz's uh, land. can't remember the name of it. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So uh, I don't think I want to continue with the commentary type stuff until Robert's back. Uh, So in light of new babies... We're going to start with what's the number one song you would play to your newborn child? Wow. Mm. That's a really good question. And tell us in the comments and stuff, too, while we think of this, because I just sprung this on all the guys right now. Mostly I spring all of our topics on the guys. <laughs> I'm like, quick, what's your favorite water slide in North America? And they're okay. Like, uh, these are, these are probably... Manteca water slides, but it's closed now. These are probably super <laughs> cliche, but... Royal Flush. But if it's a girl, it's definitely Isn't She Lovely by Stevie Wonder. Oh, that's a good one. And if it's a boy, it's definitely Beautiful Boy by John Lennon. Oh, nice. Dang, that was pretty quick, Henry. Yeah. I think it, about this song. he's like, I've been thinking about this my whole <laughs> life. <laughs> no, I just, those are just, I just know those songs. So I was like, I was just thinking immediately, like, oh, those are the go, those are the go, go to. Why do you think those songs? Uh, it's just, I mean, they're just, that's just, that's literally what they are. They're like songs about babies. And, uh, so what if they're I, not songs about babies? I, so you can't I, do like, I guess I misinterpret. I can come up with a second option. Isn't she like, lovely? Even has baby sounds. It has baby in sounds in track. it. He literally recorded his baby <laughs> playing in her bathtub. Yeah. I don't think yeah. anyone's going to beat Henry on this. He's like, here's the right <laughs> answer. Yeah. <laughs> I de- Those are I the perfect answers. I'm just. I definitely think "Isn't She Lovely"? Um, that, that's a good one. I'd say uh, like um, uh, "Lullaby," "Good Night, My Angel," "Billy Joel." That's always a good one. Yeah. For some reason, the first song that came into my head was "Here Comes the Sun" by the Beatles. Oh, that's a good it's just one. Just like very yeah. childlike, and yeah. you know, you have that capo on there. It sounds like a I don't know a kid's song. There, that's that's a very good one. That's yeah. a good one. Here comes the sun. There we go. That could go either way. It could be for a boy or a girl. I think Henry <laughs> could could go either way. Rick says Henry was given the question beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> he cheated. He read my mind early, and then yeah. uh... <laughs> it was in the eyes. He gave it away. 
You gave me that distinct <laughs> I think something baby Finally, song somebody look. asked me this question. Very, very distinct I've been waiting for years. Look, Andrew. <laughs> something classical could be cool. I don't know if this is the first song, but it's definitely a baby song. Just doing something like canon, like the, mm. you know, the classic wedding song or something, just to get, like, melodies into babies' heads. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely don't want, like, the the bad guy theme from Star Wars or something. No. You definitely don't want no, like, Cannibal Corpse either. Yeah. Cemetery Gates by Pantera. <laughs> yeah, Cowboys from Hell, dude. <laughs> My baby ain't gonna take no shit, and he's gonna yeah. learn that early. <laughs> My baby's gonna be a badass straight out the womb. Great, you're here. Let's listen to NoFX. <laughs> Get an infant. infant. Play. It's a big catalog. <laughs> <laughs> and then what's the... well? I have a lot of nieces and nephews, and I bought them. What's the Rockabye? They do like the the albums that are all. They do like the Grateful Dead and like Dave Matthews, and they do David Bowie, and they're just like baby versions of those songs. You guys know yeah. what I'm talking about, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that's probably like a a ton of money in that industry too, just remaking classic songs, but with like baby with like toy pianos and yeah, <laughs> yeah. And they're actually pretty well done. It's not like it's like cheesy. I know my niece and my nephew have been listening to my. They're they're like my top two listeners for uh, my solo piano stuff because it helps That's them sleep. Cool. Nice. It's pretty cool. Shameless plug. There's like 33 of them on uh, Spotify. How about how about this question? A little spin on it. If you had to play one Robert John in the Rex song Ooh, for a brand new good. baby, which song would you pick? This letter. <laughs> That was no count. That song. You can't do because I was thinking what? about uh, Robert. Robert has a song in his very first record called "Rockabye." Yeah, yeah. That is like a very about rocking a baby to sleep, <laughs> and he hates it now for some reason. Maybe he'll come around to it, but it's, I think it's because everyone liked it so much, and he it like pushed him more into like you know wiener singer songwriter guy instead of like. Taken seriously, rock and roll guy. So I don't think he liked it very much when people liked his song about babies. Um, Perfect. That's not uh, that's not a Robert John the Rock song either. No, I know, I know. We we played it in the early days. You're reaching deep. That was back in Robert Robert John band days. Oh. And then all the songs that are like light songs are all like about heartbreak and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we need to write more baby baby songs songs baby for little songs? kids. We yeah. should write like a super heavy like baby song. <laughs> like you're a little baby girl. Baby. Rock and baby. Rock and roll baby. I don't know why that's my Robert John Rock impersonation. That's a terrible Rock and Robert roll song. baby. <laughs> Rocking in the cradle tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. Amanda says, "Hey hey mama?" Yeah. It's like saying hello to your mother. I don't know what the lyrics are because I never sing. <laughs> are we talking about like, yeah, we're talking about like infant, right? Glory bound. Yes. Maybe that's a good one for a child. Like you're going to be glory yeah, bound. Yeah, that's like an uplifting message that's not about like heartbreak and uh, <laughs> wanting to kill yourself and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about forever isn't well, long like, enough? Well, you can't, uh, that's a good song. Um yeah, the problem is the ballads are like the only opportunity we take to like talk about heartbreak even more. They're like, oh, they're listening to the lyrics. Let's really rub it in now. <laughs> yeah, 
How about Chicago? Chicago sounds nice. It has a lot of horns in it and stuff, and it's a pleasant song to listen to, right? Yeah, that one's not all about right. anybody leaving at all. What we found <laughs> out is don't play Robert John on the Wreck for your infant. <laughs> Maybe wait till they're like six months and then throw the Robert John the Wreck into the mix. Maybe that's what I'll do on tour. I'll, I'll just take some time and, and try to do the Robert John and the Wreck, like baby versions. <laughs> the, the lullaby, the, the Wreck lullaby tapes. Be funny. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And in one more, what is the first band t-shirt that your baby would wear? Because I'm basically positive like that this baby is going to get at least a thousand band t-shirts from all its aunts and uncles. So I can answer this because I bought the baby one of these it's a robert john the wreck onesie that's the first thing that that baby should be wearing i nominate our own band (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah that sounds about right um i think the worse the piece of clothing is for the baby the funnier it is so like i don't know what's like the worst band like if you guys are talking about pantera or those sorts of things like you get something that like the baby couldn't even understand that it's like a like a satanic doo-wop group t-shirt yeah like even like black sabbath or something worse yeah. than that like what's the most devil worshipy band like <laughs> ghost or something like that you know coven easily yeah, coven a, coven coven faster Talk to Parker Macy about coven dude <laughs> that'd be great yeah Maybe maybe you could get the baby a mini gore costume and they could like <laughs> run around in like those crazy like gore outfits. Just, just any Norwegian black metal band, basically. Opeth? No, Opeth is Swedish and they're not satanic. There are uh, uh, like, like what satanic, satanic Samson. Like there's literal like satanic like Norwegian black metal bands that are like they'll do like blood sacrifices and stuff. I think insane. you can't sa- scare people with satanic things anymore. You can't. Well, because, like, you can be, like, a nice Satanist. Yeah. Well, like, Satan is an idea, and there's, like, scarier things that are real. <laughs> right. On this planet. <laughs> like other what human replaced- beings. <laughs> like, like radical Christians. <laughs> what replaced a Satanist? That would be really funny. Just, like, you start the... Uh, Westboro Baptist Church band. <laughs> yeah. And like that's scarier than a Satanist band. That's gonna replace like Black Sabbath. It's like we went there and they said like, you know, gays were going to hell and I just can't accept that message. And I got really angry. Yeah. That would be pretty scary. A Westboro Baptist Church band that goes on the road. Yeah, I I wouldn't Yikes. go see them. No. Yeah, that's the problem. Like there's no cool factor there. It's just you would go to hate them. They're like the I like Maybe the, we should start that. Like so the Rebecca like, Black? <laughs> um, so it's like, you know, in like the old wrestling world where like you you have like the villains who are meant to be the villains and they come out and everyone just loves to hate them in the middle of the show with the heroes. Like, why can't you do that with opening band slots? So like just have a band <laughs> that like everyone hates <laughs> in the opening slot and they're meant to be hated and they just like go on and like take all this shit and stuff. That's funny. I'm trying to think of a band that like almost there's like parts of no effects where they like fuck with the crowd where you're like, Oh, they kind of don't seem like, I don't know the way they go back and forth or like maybe like Gigi Allen. Didn't he used to like throw like shit at people in the crowd and stuff like that. <laughs> there was that one thing recently where some girl at some festival, like peed on some guy's face on stage. 
Sorry, this isn't PG-13 if you're listening to <laughs> your kids. But this really happened. Like, within the past couple months, they did some big festival. I, it, I, it was either, like, a what's the one in Chicago? It's um, in Florida. It was in Florida? It happened in Florida when we were in Florida. I'm pretty sure. Oh, really? Maybe it was the one that uh, Robert's mother-in-law went to. The one with, like, Metallica and all these big bands and stuff. And uh, it's in Daytona. Anyways, this girl pulled this guy up on stage from the crowd and just started peeing on his face in front of everyone. And to be fair, he just sat there and took it, which is like super weird. So it's not that it weird. takes two to tango in that situation. <laughs> but, uh, uh, and weird then I, you know, everyone went back, you know, you get the Aussie like biting a head off a bat, but that story's cool. Cause the music's good. I don't think this person's music was good enough to like, let that story jet them into superstardom. Which it probably could have, you know, if it was like, oh, she's the girl who peed on everyone. But actually, her music's pretty good. Yeah, it was Brass Against at, at Daytona's, Florida Daytona's Rockville Festival. She peed on somebody's face in the crowd. Pulled him right out and pissed right onto his face. <laughs> Anyways, because we're talking about babies, you know, don't do that to babies. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's their job to pee on you. <laughs> no, we were talking about trying to get a band that gets hated. So in our world, it'd probably be like the, like if we're playing shows in the South to Southerners, like the band of you know, just people acting like Southerners or stupid hicks the whole time. <laughs> I don't know who would that be. Like it would just be like the quintessential band from L.A. or something like that. They just all dress up like hipsters and then like, you know. I love abortions, and they're like, you know, just everything that someone <laughs> Christian from the South would stand against. The anti-band. Please give me more regulations. I love the government. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That would be. That's almost like that. Didn't Sasha Baron Cohen do one of those skits where he like dressed up as a? He went to some like uh, Southern rally. I think it was like a Trump rally, and he was essentially just saying everything, like singing songs with like a guitar and like saying all the things that those sorts of people don't want to hear. And then they had to like, they almost like started a riot and he had to be like carted off stage. And <laughs> That's what you want though. That's the effect. So when we come on, everyone's like, Oh my God, I love this band. It's everything I like, you know, I'll just make us look better by default. Yeah. Bad cop, good cop, bad band, good band. So we can come save the day. And then he'll come out during our set and we'll like beat him up on stage and knock him off or something like in a fake way. Everybody chants Primus sucks before Primus go. Well, at the couple of shows I've been to people chant Primus sucks before Primus goes on stage. I thought that was kind of a funny backwards thing. I like the idea. It's, it's, it's very like WWE wrestling. The guy comes out and they all boo him and he's like, likes the booing. And then you play a really shitty set and everybody's like, that sucked. And you're like, yeah, we killed it by sucking. It'd be hilarious. It'd be hilarious if it was us just like dressed up in a <laughs> You do the Scooby Doo big reveal. You know? No, just no, you couldn't time. reveal it. The audience would be in on the joke. Well, stay tuned. Maybe we'll bring this this show to a uh, a show uh, this show to a city near you. Alright guys. This is flying off the rails. I think we need some more uh music and to close this out to uh to bring it back to something that actually makes some sense <laughs> <laughs>
What do we have uh, coming up? Right now, the next gig that we have coming up is the Joe Bonamassa Keeping the Blues Alive at Sea Cruise Volume 7, I believe, um, going from Miami to Ocho Rios, Jamaica. We love seeing all of our friends on the cruise because almost every city that we've played in in the last eight months, there's been at least one person from the cruise there. So thank you to everybody who supports the cruise they also support a good cause in helping out uh, music with schools and stuff like that. They have a lot of good donations and giveaways that benefit great charities. So get on the Keeping the Blues Alive Foundation website and you can donate and you can do a lot of cool things um, to bring school to or music to schools and encourage that sort of thing because music rules. And um, after that, we are playing March 18th in San Juan Capistrano. Um, That is our next local live show in Southern California. Um, Between March and April, we will have a handful of dates um, locally in California before we head to Europe for our now 66 shows um, in uh, the end of April all the way through to July. So if you guys need any more information on tickets or venues or tour information, you can go to our website, www.robertjohninthereck.com, and you can find all that information. Um, Or if you want to buy a CD, you can buy a CD or a shirt or any of that other cool shit we have at the store. Um, Yeah, and then we are doing a lot of things behind the scenes, Um, like recording and, you know, doing a bunch of other things. So just stay tuned with us on social networks and um, engage with us because we're going to be, have a lot of cool things coming up this year. And um, it's going to be a very busy year once things start going. So I would say too, these two, these two new songs that we were talking about recording are going to be out sooner rather than later. So you'll see those come up real soon. Yep. I'm very excited about it. And uh, one last thing we should plug. If you are listening to this either right now or at a different date and you live in Europe, we are recording a live album on June 29th in Brussels, Belgium. If you live close to Brussels, you should drive. You can be a part of our live album that will go on to live in infamy forever. You can be that guy who yells, I love you in the middle of like a breakdown of a song or something, or just go and have a good time and see all the cool shit we are going to do because we are recording a live album June 29th in Brussels. Um, Definitely get on that because uh, it's going to be friggin' awesome. Yeah. And today we're going to close out with a nice sweet little tune. And this one goes out to Robert's new but Robert and Rachel's new barnal of joy, little river. Uh, we hope you guys have a wonderful week or whatever part of the week you're in or weekend or whenever you listen, just, I hope you're doing well. Thank you very much guys. Be safe out there. Get wrecked.
before you go to sleep Say a little prayer Every day, in every way It's getting better and better Getting better and better 